0: Twenty dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta Jim Ellis automotive where you can always expect the best
1: sports today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver show it's an inside look at everything college football now live from Atlanta Georgia it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football Chuck Oliver
2: on Southern sports today They far too big a room But the show will be A+. plus, Chuck Oliver Show on a Tuesday. How is everyone? We're going to do what we do most days. We're going to talk college football. And we have wonderful guests because Heath has Rolodex to the Stars. Uh, I have commentary. Heath has opinion. We have an update coming. uh, Maybe not this week, but Heath, uh, as everyone knows, has been... um, getting all the details squared away so that we broadcast the Thursday and Friday before the OU Texas game now that they're in the SEC we'll be out there that Thursday and Friday uh, during the Texas State Fair and then the game so uh, he's taking care of that as uh, we continue to meander through the offseason uh, but one of the reasons I kind of bring that up is because it's time when you make plans at least who doesn't love having something hanging out in your Delta queue? just a it doesn't even have to be close it's just hey it's february 13th december 21st flying home to la or you know wherever um we all like being able to look ahead and plan a little bit and i did some of that yesterday when i got the official statement from the atlantic coast conference about 2024 media football season kickoff and When they call, when the ACC says we're having a meeting called the football kickoff, that's their media days. And so, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, actually, 5.05, like, why would you do this right after the end of the day? Um, Well, maybe I know. Yesterday, we get the official announcement from the ACC. 2024 ACC football kickoff set for four days, July 22nd through the 25th. There am the title. What follows is a four-sentence release from the Atlantic Coast Conference. One of the sentences tells us that the ACC network will cover it. One of the sentences says, additional information, mm, we're going to announce it later. That's half of your sentences, those two. The remaining two, according to the ACC, there are only two sentences left. Those two sentences say, we've decided that the addition of Southern Methodist Cal and Stanford requires the conference media days to become a four-day affair. That's according to them. We have justification having added SMU, Cal Berkeley, and Stanford that we cannot do this in just three days. We're the ACC. We're telling you these three schools coming on board, way too much for three days of coverage. I will read to you this. St- now, again, it's only four sentences. It's going to go pretty quick. For the first time in the history of the event, The Atlantic Coast Conference will conduct the annual ACC football kickoff with four full days of interviews July 22nd through the 25th, Hilton Charlotte Uptown in Charlotte, North Carolina. That is the first sentence. They say for the first time ever, they want to point out this will be a four day party. Next sentence ACC network will provide live coverage. Third sentence. With the addition of three new members in the University of California, Southern Methodist University, and Stanford, the breakdown of all 17 schools will consist of three schools on Monday, five, five, and then three. Final sentence. Additional information on credentials, media schedule, uh, much more will be announced in the future. That's the whole thing. The, they gave you an ACC network statement uh, sentence. They said, we'll give you, like, players and coaches later. The only two other sentences say, for the first time ever, we're going to be four days, and we've added three new members. Folks, they've connected all the dots. They have opened the curtains. They want this to be as clear as possible. Because we have added Southern Methodist Cal and Stanford, we need a fourth day. That's according to them. Now, there's no real need for four days, and I am suspicious. I will invite if he want, He wants to jump in, he can because this is uh, at a large part of the last fifteen years or so. This has been Heath's backyard, and he knows the ACC and those folks up there in Greens and um, Charlotte. Now, there's there is no need for four days, but I am suspicious that the ACC they have exactly one card it can play to stretch out coverage. Clemson on Monday, FSU on Thursday. Heath, is there they
3: they they won't do that, right? Well, I've got the breakdown, Chuck, if you want it. Oh my goodness. Uh go ahead. Uh they're going to open with fireworks. You know, sometimes you save fireworks for the end. Yeah. They're going with fireworks at the beginning. Your first speaker of course is Quote, Commissioner Jim Phillips, Ph.D., and I'm not joking. They literally list him on the graphic as Commissioner Jim Phillips, Ph.D., Florida State, Georgia Tech, SMU. That's your first day. All right, so they baited you. I
2: I said Clemson and then Florida State later. I'm suspicious now it's Florida State
3: early and Clemson later. Continue. Well, the question, though, is with FSU and the commission the same day, like, are we going to turn this into, like, a pro wrestling thing? Like, are you going to have Mike Norvell come into the press conference and, like, hit Phillips with a chair? Are we going to go full heel turn? You, know, you could turn it into kind of like what they do with Actually, the WWE.
2: It, because as, as you were saying, Florida State first, I was thinking, and this goes back to, for somebody my age, like Al Davis and Pete Roselle, if you even understand that reference. I am um, thinking, see, I immediately went, like, a step past that that this was the ACC purposely – I said Clemson-Florida State. No, Florida State had needed to be first. Get that done and out of the way. Absolutely, that had to be the move as Florida State. Um, oh, and I look at yeah, there. Florida State will be on July 22nd. Um, I, I believe the strategic part of that is to get all of those questions done. And they'll – by the way, they'll be first on Monday. And get all those questions out of the way.
3: And so it will not linger for two or three days. So continue. So you got FSU, Georgia Tech, SMU off the board along with the commissioner. Chuck, do you want to take a stab at the final four days then? Or the final day? There are four schools on the final day.
2: Okay, if you started with Florida State, that means the final day is going to be Clemson. I would bet a dollar to a donut. That is correct.
3: Clemson is, in fact,
2: on the final day. All right. Well, what's in the middle is what's in the middle. Um, Folks... I'm going to I'll open the curtains. And by the way, the ACC, when I say they booked far too big a room, 4 days is too big a room. When I say the show will be A+, um I'm going to tell you that the ACC puts on a first-class event. Um I have kidded before that the ACC media days, think of that like Miller in cans versus ACC media days which is brown liquor and they don't leave it in the bottle. They pour it into one of those crystal decanters because they don't care to impress you with the label. They're the ACC. They know how their event is viewed, and it's not, boy, they went cheap. Like, they don't try to impress because they know that the the event's going to do it. So the show's going to be A+. The entire reason I brought this up today is because the ACC does such a wonderful job, they actually will help you book the guest. The SEC, it is Hunger
3: Games. Heath, confirm? 100%. They'll get you the commissioner. Everybody else, you're on your own.
2: Uh, at the SEC, it literally and so the ACC, you show up, they hand you a slip of paper for the 3 4 days. 1108, this guy, 1143, this and so you'll have every day mapped out, man. It's all, it's all set in stone. They do a wonderful job. Um one of the issues though is they just don't have enough hooks even with mac brown that mm, um even with miami and what we all keep insisting they'll be which was better with manny than with mario if you really want to know um there aren't enough hooks in fact if you get outside of the region or the fan base we have to be honest there are Two fan bases that will really keep the nation's interest. Miami is supposed to. Mac Brown, I don't know. It resonates some. Folks, it's Clemson and Florida State. And the reason I brought this up today is that stretching out the coverage this way, one hook on Monday, the other only real hook you have on Thursday. It will be seriously impactful for a lot of the media who need to be there. And I mean, two days, three days, or now all four. I've been to, I'm sure Heath has as well. Heath, you went to a fair number of two-day affairs, didn't you, for the ACC?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, heck, it used to be, uh, you know, it was it used to be on the weekend. Sunday into Monday. They had a golf I- event involved. There's all kinds of stuff they used to do. I- it was fun. I would get to wherever
2: um, they had it one place called Grandover or Gr- Grandover maybe. Yep. And and you get there Saturday late afternoon, Saturday night. You go all day Sunday, all day Monday. I mean, you put your head on your own pillow Monday night. Um, it ain't two days anymore. It's not even three days. It's four days, and there are media in that footprint who have to be there. They just have to. I'm gonna tell you. I'm just I literally I'm spinning the globe right now. Um, Anderson, South Carolina, home of Jim Rice, baseball Hall of Famer, Anderson, South Carolina. If you're on 85 and you get to the Clemson exit, which at that point is like 19. Anderson is about the same distance east of 85 as Clemson is west of 85. Imagine being the sports writer at the Anderson independent mail. Maybe not on the sports staff even, like the college sports writer, the Clemson guy, who might have graduated from South Carolina J School. You're two years out of college making like, I don't know, 35-5 from the paper and earning a few extra bucks as the college football expert on the local AM 1500. And it's difficult to be the college football expert if you're not at media days. The paper's got no budget. They'll let you and a photographer drive a station vehicle to Charlotte for Clemson Day, then right back. Okay? The full-time host of the radio show you moonlight with, he buys his time from the station, so there's no budget there. Short version. You have to go. And if you go, it's on you to either pay for it or hustle up a sponsor. Heath? I'm going to bring you back in. You know, way more people than, than I do in that region. Did I just describe something really unusual or out of whack?
3: No, no. That storyline plays out for plenty of folks.
2: And when you tell someone, I know, and I won't tell anybody's personal business, but like SEC media days, Hoover, I thought they put on an A-plus pro, And like I said, they hit the bullseye for what they, they want it to be a little bit of county fair. <laughs> a little bit buddy of mine who hosts uh, drive time on one of our affiliates, it's his, he buys the time. All right, he brokers it, I guess. Like they say, yeah, you, we're not going to pay you, but we'll give you like three minutes an hour. You know, whatever it is. I don't know what it, but they give him time. And then he goes out and he eats what he kills. When he goes to Hoover, mm, good for him. It's close-ish and it's affordable-ish because there's a Hampton across the street. When you go to the Omni in downtown Atlanta, there's nothing down the street that's much cheaper than the Omni. And the table cost at the College Football Hall of Fame is, I don't know, two or three times. Ta- Heath and I, ain't, I'm pretty close on all this, Anna. Uh,
3: like, well, they, they were pretty expensive in Hoover, so I'm not sure the tables were much worse, but the hotel part, absolutely. And the food
2: and every. And by the way, he, I'm going to leave him out of this because he didn't probably want to go here. Um, I watched Heath wait. He alleged almost an hour for a number one combo at a Chick-fil-A in Atlanta. Uh, okay, Heath, yes? That is, in fact, correct. <laughs> at, like, a Chick-fil-A in Atlanta where that's Chick-fil-A. Um, that doesn't happen in Hoover.
3: They weren't so, exactly ready for 900 sports writers showing no. up in one day at the same time.
2: So, it's just different for an independent guy. And if you cover a team, I'm going to go back to you have to be there and now it's stretched out that the only two hooks you're not going returning home then going again they seriously got into your wallet folks and it's for their own benefit and I get it survival of the fittest and we're all big boys and all of this other stuff this decision when I read the announcement yesterday and it they again it got released at 505 pm And I immediately looked at it, and I was like, I know what they're going to do. And it is all about TV inventory. And they also have gotten somewhat used to, and they never liked it, but they decided to go chest out with Swafford at least, and they would at least overlap some with the SEC media days, which means there were a lot of folks who said, "Mm, I'm going to be at SEC media days, and we'll just pick up the feed from Charlotte. Um, And so they got bonked on the nose a little bit. They're like, "Why n- not everybody's here because of you. So at least they have bumped this back a week. But when I saw it was four days, I was like, they are going to jam it to the guy from Anderson. They're going to jam it to the guy from Gastonia. They're going to I was like, don't, don't, don't do this. And now, yep, it's exactly what they're going to do. By the way, very strategic. I was so off thinking Clemson first, FSU last. No, 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 no. It had to be FSU first, and I mean not just on the first day. I promise you they will be first out of – it will look like a rodeo. They will be first out of the gate, go eight seconds, and then all the questions will be answered, and all right, we can move on and talk football now with Georgia Tech and Southern Methodist. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, jump into it on this
3: Tuesday next. Get ready. This week, Staples has deals so good, you're going to want to sit down.
1: college football time in the south now back to more of the king of college football chuck oliver on southern sports today
2: i really should not have been surprised by one opinion on Dabo and the tigers this morning i've had 892 days to get ready chuck oliver show continues on this tuesday when i say um One opinion about Clemson, Dabo and Clemson. I was reading ESPN.com and Mark Schlackback, close personal friend of mine. Hey, get Mark on. Uh, Mark Schlabaugh, his way too early top 25. It's updated. Mark always, I mean, as the confetti is the last little strand is twirling down to hit the fake grass. For the national championship game, Mark is hitting post for his way-too-early top 25. And then he updates it. And so, ain't no offseason like the past month. I mean, when it comes to portal and coaching and everything else, I little, we've never had a as-momentous first month postseason in college football history. Not that I know of. Maybe the year after the forward pass was legalized or after Spurrier came to the SEC. Mark Slabaugh, way too early top 25 update. He has the Clemson Tigers at 19. Did they get a lot of bad news? Did they drop from their normal top five or maybe on a bad year top 10? No, previous ranking was 19. They're still 19. I should not have been surprised by that opinion on Dabo and the Tigers when I read that. When I say I've had 800... And 92 days to get ready, 892 days. And ultimately, a very slow, consistent slide in the four-loss direction. September 4th, 2021, where were you? I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was in the college football choir. We all looked at DJU and said, well, my gosh, I saw him last year against, I think it was BC and Notre Dame. (laughs) They even lost one of those games. I was like, yeah, it didn't matter. (laughs) DJU, roll right along. Yeah, they're going to go from Deshaun to Trevor to like three right in a row. Folks, two in a row. Most teams don't have one in a row. Do you know how many programs have never had a Deshaun or a Trevor? Much less like seven uninterrupted, all of it or six? And we thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. Uh-uh, didn't work out that way. Entering the week one game against UGA, I thought it was guns a-blazing, business as usual. Opening game, 2021 season, all kinds of context, so many layers to the onion. UGA 10, Clemson 3, and that offense hadn't looked the same since kickoff of that game is the last time we collectively looked at Clemson as Clemson. And so 19 in America. Okay. Go out and make some things happen. And maybe, maybe that can be the result, but don't be surprised. I was, and I think it was just muscle memory. Clemson is not an elite program. They're a really good program. That's well-funded and they dot their roster with some elite kids which means they probably don't win six or seven games. They win nine or maybe 10. But elite stuff and 14 wins and 15, go 15-0 and 0 with a true freshman quarterback because everything else, no, mm, that's not
3: where they are. Hey, how's that Tuesday? Well, you know, it's funny you said how's that Tuesday, Chuck, because that's actually where I wanted to go because I feel like we haven't told people the full story of what you mentioned in your open there about the uh, ACC and what they're doing. So we gave you that the uh, the, the Monday is the commish fsu georgia tech smu the closers on thursday chuck clemson north carolina nc state and syracuse and i can see you doing the math in your head chuck you're saying wait a minute that means well you're right chuck that means that tuesday yeah is the five pack of california Pitt, stanford virginia and virginia tech who boy, has anybody put a five-some like that out there at a college media day before, Chuck? Just imagine um, who the headliner is going to be coming out of that.
2: You know what they do, and I talk about this, and this is real, by the way. You look at the SEC every year, and I'm like, this is the Lane Day. This is the National Champion Day, whoever it is. This is Sabin Day. Like, they have a monster headliner every single day. That's the Pat Narduzzi Day they have like this is the number one hit and then you have a top 20 hit and then you just have the filler in the middle um and they i mean they the teams are the teams for at least right now um but yeah cal Pitt, stanford virginia virginia tech uh the wednesday bc duke louisville what we insist miami is even though again the better coach that day will be wearing blue and white uh miami and wake forest Ben Clemson tomorrow so that's the schedule
1: now back to the Chuck Oliver show on southern sports today
0: dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best.
1: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy. Celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tuesday
2: on Chuck Oliver show, bottom of hour one, and we're going to talk coaches. Well, we're going to mostly talk college coaches, which means we won't talk about Jerry Mack anymore. Who's Jerry Mack? Well, he used to be Tennessee's running backs coach. Is that important? I don't know. They led the nation in rushing yards last year, so he wasn't, I guess, bad at his job. Um, You can't do that if you fumble a lot or you go to the wrong hole. I mean, so he did did his job. Jerry Mack's decided, uh, you know what? I'm a guy from Memphis. Now, think about this as a profile for a college football running backs coach. Guy from Memphis, played at Arkansas State, began coaching in 2004. For the past two decades, he has never really stepped foot outside of this footprint. He's coached at Arkansas Pine Bluff, at Memphis, at South Alabama, at Rice, at Tennessee. Guy from Memphis never left the South, like, I don't know, 45 years. I like all of that. And so did Heifel, And now he is in the NFL because he has made the same choice that a lot of folks have. Uh, uh, He has lit out for new adventures. Uh, We're going to talk people you know a lot more than Jerry Mack, but he's just an example I wanted to bring up with our next guest. You know who he is. He is College Football Matrix. He's got the laptop and the ones and zeros he can predict. What happens next? I want to welcome on Dave Bar Two. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad you uh, you pointed out all the NFL poaching in
4: college football. It's amazing what happens when NFL franchises start getting analytics on coaching now. So I expect this to only continue, maybe even at a greater frequency going forward. Because let me tell you something, Chuck. The number of NFL Clubs looking for an edge any way possible just absolutely dwarfs anything I've ever seen in college football. It is flat out amazing when they think something new is available for them to take advantage of.
2: And something that I guess I, recently, I will say, NFL franchises have either discovered or decided to embrace. Mm-hmm. coaching hires, whether it's the head coach, coordinators, assistants, analytics, strength, and whatever, that doesn't count against your salary cap. You can max out the absolute best coaching, instruction, nutrition, training, everything, and it doesn't count. You get a player. If you improve on the player side, it is a league-registered hit against what you have left to spend. You can max out coaching whatever you want.
4: Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be the on-field guys. I mean, look no. at the off field guys. I mean, one no. of the guys I have been begging our clients in college football to take is the highest graded offensive coordinator in FCS since two thousand ten. Guy named Kristen Taylor. Okay, he was with William and Mary, begging guys to take him. You know, just I mean, if you're gonna take a risk, at least take a risk on a guy who's proven it, albeit at a lower level, but why go no. hire somebody who has been subpar in FBS? Nope, nope, nope. Buffalo Bills went and got him. Buffalo so, bills is just and he's not even on field staff. Best O C in FCS is off field analyst staff at Buffalo. Let me tell you something.
2: Yeah. any of their two hundred and forty million or such. Right. Um, so there's Jerry Mack leaving Tennessee. The Rams mm-hmm. poached Chili Davis from Kansas State. It just it's um, happening. Um, and the, yeah. we're gonna go to higher up the food chain now. Um, let's talk to Sean Foster. Uh, UCLA has a new head coach and it's the former running back and the guy who's coached there. Uh talk about Deshaun Foster running the program. Uh, nothing to talk about.
4: Really. You know, in, in terms of Deshaun Foster as a head coach, he's never never really had to recruit. He's never built a staff ever, right? He's never coached a game. So, no idea what Deshaun Foster is or is going to be now, we know he's an alumni, and we know the 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 the, the roster there was excited that a Bruins coming back to, to Westwood, and I I get that, but to me, between the numbers and you know when when Chip left, we we sat down as a group here and we were like, okay, who who's really good for UCLA, and, and obviously you know a, a Tony White at Nebraska has put up great numbers as a DC, but he's got a buyout. UCLA can't afford that. I don't we didn't think he could. PJ Fleck, UCLA needs recruiting. Fleck is a great dynamic recruiter. They can't afford his buyout, can no, he's they? Got like a,
2: so he signed a 10 year contract or something. Right. So we started yeah. going through and going, we were wondering how poor
4: UCLA was. And so we started settling on guys that don't have a job right now, right? Brian Harson, Nick Rolovich, you know, and then we started putting up, well, what about former alumni? And boom! What do they go do? They go hire a former alumni. I think the biggest takeaway from all of this right now is how little money UCLA had to go get anybody. Their window, I believe, and I know they'll—you and I both know—they'll window dress the heck out of this and go, "Well, this was the guy we wanted the whole time." <sighs> Whatever, right? You know, I think it was the guy they could afford at the time, and I think that speaks volumes.
2: Yeah, it's funny because I brought up yesterday when this got announced that there's now a Clark Lee thing, there's a Brent Key thing, there's a Deshaun Foster thing, as in hiring a coach who really wants to coach there, his alma mater, where he may work for less and, here's the other part, not leave as soon as a better job comes sniffing around. Um, I think that this is someone who we think as an administration – We've got a little bit of an inside edge, because, and it's exactly what you're saying. It's the finances and the fact that there may be one more season of permanence, like four years versus three, for instance. I think this is a whole new avenue of hiring head coaches.
4: It, it, it could be. And, um, you know, but on, on the flip side, here's the flip side to it. We call it Cliff Kingsbury syndrome. When he's bad, you tend to keep him around longer as well right, because Cliff was at Texas Tech, he was alumni, his an alumni, he was a quarterback, he cratered that place, right? After year three, if he wasn't an alumni, he should have been fired. After year four, if he wasn't a beloved alumni, he should have been fired. And by the time he was gone, the hole he left for Joey McGuire, I mean, they're in year three of Joey, and they're just starting to get that thing turned around. So as cool as it is to bring in an alumni that is awesome, Jeff Brom, you also have the downside of a Cliff Kingsbury, where you might hold on too long to a bad guy. So, careful what you wish for. There's two sides to every coin.
2: Yeah, Alabama hired Mike Shula, went four and nine, and six and six, and they kept him two more years. Um, hmm. So, you do what you do. Well,
4: well, no, now, now, okay, use that example. Right? Is is does a guy that, who's not Mike Shula? That's get what I'm fired saying. Faster? Yeah
2: right yeah right nicest yeah. guy you would ever meet who played and he also played quarterback at Alabama and like everyone on the outside understood pretty early on this is probably the 12 foot waters he needs to be over there in the shallow end and didn't for, <laughs> for two more seasons it went on um all right so let's continue um when we look at the, I was asking about UCLA and Deshaun Foster and having this huge level of responsibility. I mean, he was the running backs coach there, but then he blew out for the NFL for five seconds. Um, it really is an incomplete palette right now. What about mm-hmm. Chip Kelly as the play caller at Ohio State? I cannot oh. get enough of this.
4: Oh, gosh, man. This is delicious. Delicious. I am super disappointed, though. I wanted to see Bill O'Brien at Ohio State, because um, coming into the if he if he'd have stuck there and not left the Boston College, he would have been the tenth ranked offensive coordinator in the Big Ten out of sixteen. He'd have been number ten. Ohio State trades out from the ten slot and they get a top three guy. It's ridiculous, and a lot of people don't realize either is is Chip is fifty six percent run. He is a run-oriented offense. He is a run-oriented offense. Ohio State had the number one scoring efficiency defense last year. If they can get a run game going at Ohio State like Chip has for his career, because folks, don't grade Chip on being a head coach. He's not a good head coach, right? We know that. He doesn't recruit. He can't staff. But in spite of all of those bad things at UCLA, plus Oregon, right? His offensive coordinator numbers are still top 10% in college football since 2010. I think this is a massive upgrade for Ohio State. And in my opinion, they went from not a national title contender to an immediate title contender with the loss of Bill O'Brien and the addition of
2: Chip Kelly. Speaking of Bill O'Brien, what does BC have now? I don't know, you know, I mean, the guy that just left was five games under 500 BC is a bottom
4: three recruiter in, in the conference, you know, so yeah. you know, Bill can, Bill can get him to 500 good for him. Right. I mean, he, he under, he, he did okay at Penn state. I mean, he did okay at the Texans, and I figure he'll do Okay. At Boston College, you know, he'll keep the ship going straight in the right line. Is it a dynamic hire? No. Is there a high ceiling? No. Is there a really bad floor? Probably not. So, it's a good, safe hire for Boston College, but I don't think you're going to expect anything out of it unless Matt Ryan comes walking through that door again.
2: All right. So, before we go, I want to ask you about Bush Hamden um, because there's a chance, I don't know, maybe... Stoops is announcing the hire now, but there's all kinds of talk oh. about Bush Hamden going to Kentucky. Um,
3: Bush you Hamden, Bush if Hamden if he got gives- fired
2: from Missouri. I, I, yes Um uh, oh, okay it, Just he it. may turn down the sec because he's got eight starters coming back on offense at boise plus a five-star quarterback transfer from usc and malachi nelson like he may want to hang on like uh what Grubb did with Penix. no i'm good here for one more year um mm-hmm. where do you think what do you think of bush hamden first of all i think i know and then where do you think uh like a fit with him in kentucky or what that may look like that's a
4: that's an interesting dilemma that you're bringing up there, you know, because you know now Grub, you know the the where you're trying to try tie Grub in, so, you know, Washington though, gave him a raise, he went he went from under a million to two point one, so Boise's not gonna the gonna give Camden two million dollars to stay, right? And so you and I both know business ninety nine percent of it's driven by money, so can Kentucky can way out pay anything Boise. Can, can even fathom paying that guy so probably triple, with, right? With, with with that in mind, I'll say he's gone. Okay. Now, as for the hire, eh? Right. I mean, he had a couple good years at Boise, but the guy got fired at Missouri for being a subpar offensive coordinator before. It's just the it's just the middle. It's a typical stoop's hire, eh? He hasn't really hit big on – if you look at his hiring on the offensive side of the ball, it just hasn't been that good. You know, maybe good enough to win some games with the defense, but overall, you know, every single year he's been there, you add it up, just not a great guy hiring on the offensive side of the ball. And that's common. Usually a head coach is really good at one side and not so good at the other. So, you know, Hamden, I mean, it's, it's serviceable. He'll be graded bottom half of the sec as an offensive coordinator. Uh, I see the appeal for staying at Boise because Boise should be competing for one of you know for, for a playoff berth. I mean they're by far the best recruiter in their conference if they can put it all together. But windows like the SEC and getting paid one point two to two million dollars a year to call plays in twelve games a year that doesn't come along too often. I do not, do not see him turning down that kind of a payday to stick around for 12 more games at Boise.
2: Um, I'm reading, now this is from a couple of years ago, but the Boise State OC was mm-hmm. making $270,000 a year. Um, that, I said triple. I was I was guessing the O C now maybe it's updated, maybe Bush Hamden makes more, but I was guessing and and if you want to give me a guess or maybe you have knowledge or whatever, I was guessing the Boise O. C. was making like four fifty, five hundred thousand a year and he could get triple that at Kentucky. Uh am I close or would you believe this two hundred seventy? That seems really, really low for an O. C.
4: Man, you went into the salaries without my my tier three salary charts being up here. Um, it's probably more than that at Boise. But understand, Boise doesn't have a lot of money, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a program that you and I know. The fans know the logo. It's yeah. been around for a long time. But, like, you look at their endowment. I mean, their endowment is is a rounding error. I mean, Stanford and Vanderbilt's endowment makes more money in interest per day I'm sure. than Boise has altogether. Yeah. So, it is a very poor university, popular, well known, but they just don't have a lot of money. Um, I mean, yeah, he could be making four, five hundred thousand. And Kentucky, being a tier one, you know, tier one program, you know, they could easily triple that. Oh, they could yeah, quadruple they- it.
2: Right, they, they'll do. I, I say, you know, it'd be like on the cartoon, you know, where somebody has a suitcase with like dollars sticking out of the sides of it and a dollar sign on the suitcase. That's that's exactly what Kentucky does. They just come up, take your coach. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back more with Dave Bar Two from College Football Matrix next.
1: the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show
2: Continuing on this Tuesday, it's hour one. So that means we're talking to Dave Part Two from College Football Matrix. Dave, welcome back in. Tell everybody the more uh, direct version. What it is it you do, and who hires you? Who <laughs> employs you? Who calls you?
4: Um, let's see here. ADs employ us. Chief of staff, head coaches on college football. Over on the NFL side, uh, a lot of ops people. Um, you know, whether it's general managers, football ops, uh, work more in a group. Uh, Over on that side versus college, which is a little bit more one-on-one, but uh, it all revolves around staffing, Uh, coaching, building staffs on and off the field, uh, a little bit into the draft, correlating good coaching in in college football to draft success. Uh, We've been working on that, but it all starts uh, with coaching analytics for us.
2: And you've been doing this for how many years specifically? Oh we started messing around and building our
4: models back in two thousand ten.
2: So it was just coaches, uh, right?
4: Yeah, it was just coaches and it was just an idea. And so it's been fourteen years to get to this point. The database is unbelievably Uh, huge in terms of what we have put together. Uh, And now um, we are gaining traction in the NFL, and uh, we're pretty excited about that because uh, given the amount of attention they're pushing at it, uh, we feel there is a really bright future in the NFL for what we do as well.
2: All right, let's talk about Alabama because it appears uh, with Huff and Grub off, um, they had a spot. Maybe Jay Nunez had come over from Oklahoma and maybe, maybe he's already been elevated to on field, but maybe that'll happen. Um, but let's talk about the the understanding, and this is not official yet, not as of you and I talking, that mm-hmm. Kalen DeBoer will promote tight ends coach Nick Sheridan to OC. Any opinion about that for Alabama fans?
4: Uh, it's just in, I would assume it's just in title only and Kalen will be calling the plays. That, that's that's just my opinion on that. That's why I really wasn't worried if I mean Grubb left or if Grubb stayed. Uh, Kalen has proven to be more than a capable offensive coordinator for his, his entire career. So uh, it, it's kind of like um, Tennessee losing an offensive coordinator. We, we really don't worry about it, right? Do we worry about Georgia losing a defensive coordinator? No, Schumann, don't care. You know, it, you know whether it's him or Muschamp or whatever, Dan Lanning, look, the defense is going to be really good.
2: So Monkin he not, was like next. Yeah.
4: You're right, you know? And well and we said bubble was going to put up as good or better numbers than Monkin and he did. You know, just uh, the defense took a little bit of a step back last year and just wasn't as elite as we were used to. But it's not a concern. And so uh, Nick Sheridan, call him whatever you want. You know, I mean, associate head coach, offensive coordinator, janitor, whatever, he's going to get a raise. He probably won't call plays. Kalen can handle that. That's fine. The big question mark, though, is now going to be offensive line coach because you're losing Huff. Huff was a rising star in our system, really liked with, you know, with, with him being there at Alabama. So that one is a bigger question mark than who's calling the plays. Not worried about who's calling the plays. I'm worried about the offensive line coach. Now it's Alabama. They can go get pretty much anybody. So my big question is who are they going to go get? Cause Nunez at Oklahoma, yeah, that's, that, that's okay. Right. I mean, they were low four teams, star. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. I mean, he, you basically, I mean, he, he had the, he had the same grade as the last special teams coordinator so there really wasn't any you know big upside in that one so to me with Alabama I'm looking at that offensive line position more than the offensive coordinator question
2: all right last stop uh apparently Hugh Freeze had him a riser at defensive line coach because the league poached him so he has yeah. now elevated Bontrell King Williams uh give an opinion
4: <sighs> um downgrade uh, okay. You know, for if you yeah. if you if you look at Garrett and um, the new new guy side by side, uh, I would say it's a downgrade. Now, Hugh has a phenomenal track record. Look at look back at all the defensive line coaches that guys hired. Wow, it's really amazing. Jacksonville was looking for a young, upcoming defensive line coach. Uh, Garrett was in our top three. He had the number one defensive line grade uh for for basically a one-year coach last year so that was a great grab by Jacksonville in our opinion uh we'll see where this goes uh with Auburn with the new guy but I I think right now in terms of potential I think it's a slight step back over where they were at all
2: right tell everybody um who you partner with because you not only uh help produce some stuff you not only make a dollar on it but Folks feel better and sleep better and travel better and do all kinds of things better because of you. Uh, talk about uh, to the old creaky folks listening. Talk to
4: me. <laughs> right. Whether it's sleep or pain or inflammation, you know, my uh, my other hat that I wear is uh, with uh, the Pro Athlete Temp Association and the uh, NFL Alumni Association uh, partnered up with them. It's, it's, yeah, it's football related. And because of college football, I did get involved with the NFL alumni in this project. So um, aches, pains, sleep issues, you name it. You want to try to solve yep. it naturally, go to hempforpros.com uh, and uh, check out what they got there.
2: Yeah, but old creek folks like Merrill Hodge and Mike Singletary and me. Uh, it uh, helps everybody. So, Dave, I appreciate you, brother. We'll do it again in seven days. Thank you, Chuck. Dave Bartu. So you can get him on Twitter at CFB Matrix, and it will. Uh, he's got a phone number. You can text him. He's got a text line for our listeners. And so – uh, absolutely. Uh, we'll try to get back to absolutely everybody on that text line. So thanks again to Dave. Hey,
0: everybody. Buck Blue here. And as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the vice president, Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand when Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71. His goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent.